Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome, 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 my friends, to episode 11, Jock Talk. I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor. Uh, my boy, Big Joe in the Big Rig, is producing the show today. What up, dog? Yes, indeed. What's up? What's up? It's all good. So you guys sit back, relax, and prepare to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so as we re-wrap, as we wrap up the Cowboys' big-time blowout win over the uh, New England Pages, 38-3. Who saw that coming? Not I, said the man in the crowd. Uh, before we get into all of that, and we're going to talk about the defense rebounding, the offense finding a little bit of an identity, the return of Zeke. You know, none of this happens without my friends over there at Grinning Law. Uh, and that's real. And if you're involved in an accident of any sort and it's not your fault, the first thing you need to do, once you make sure that everybody's good, pick up the phone, call 972-934-8900, and talk to somebody at the Green Team. Say, hey, this just happened to me. Here's my situation. What do you think? And I'm telling you, if they bring you on as a client, it really has been your lucky day. Because they'll do all the things that you don't even think about doing so that you can focus on rest and renewal and getting healthy again. And that's what they do. They take care of doctor's appointments. They set them up for you. They set up specialists for you to go see. They do everything for, while they're fighting that insurance company for you so that you can just settle down and help yourself and get better. Now, check this out. They don't get paid unless you get paid. So you never have to wonder whether they're grinding for you, whether they're working for you. It behooves them to do so. And the reason why Greening Law is good at what they do is because they walk you through the process, man. Sometimes these things can be long and tedious and drawn out. They can be frustrating. They can be a little bit intimidating when you're going up against somebody's insurance company. Greening Law, they soothe that for you. They walk you through it. They tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to hold tight, when to walk straight. They do all that stuff so you can once again just focus on getting better. So if you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. Pick up the phone. Give them a call, 972-934-8900. And again, you ain't got to take your boy's word for it. You can go to the website, greeninglaw.com. A lot of examples of people that they've helped on there and the kind of work that they do. Check it out. Now, that Cowboys game, I got to tell you, bro, I did not see 38-3 coming. Um, New England's offense, I'm just going to go out and say it, it's trash. So I thought there was a good chance that the Cowboys could control it and if they could, they would, uh, they, would, they would emerge victorious. Like, I thought they'd win. I didn't know how much because, you know, Bill Belichick's teams can be tricky. This much I do know. Let's, let's run through the numbers right quick. Because the numbers, to me, don't always tell the story. But in this case, they're pretty impressive. So, that's 10 straight AT&T Stadium. They ain't done that in a minute, like since the 90s. 10 straight at the crib. Uh, if you're going to challenge for championships, the one thing you got to do Win games at the crib. Check that box. Your Dallas Cowboys are doing that. How about this? After their last 10 losses, the last 10 times they've lost a game, 9-1 and one and 33 points a game. How about that? So they're a team that rebounds after losses. They've been resilient. Don't forget, man, this team is 12-5 each of the last two years. Only, I believe, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have a better record. Now, they are, I know, I know, I know. They ain't done nothing in the postseason, okay? I know this. But to get to the postseason, you got to kick butt, take names in the regular season. That much they've done. And we all know it was a raggedy, Rudy Poop performance by all people involved when they went to Arizona out in the desert and got beat 28-16 somehow. The mother three games, the mother three games, the Giants, the Jets, the Patriots, your Dallas Cowboys have outscored them by a combined total of 108 to 13 the lowest margin of victory been 20 points that's in a league where you know we sit around and think two touchdowns is a blowout 
So they've won by 40, by 20, and by 35. And let me tell y'all something. Just in case you didn't know, Bill Belichick has coached 405 games, National Football League. It's the worst ass kicking he's ever taken. It's probably the worst team since Cleveland that he's ever had. Now, who fault is that? It's his fault. He should have stayed married to number 12. Well, I mean, number 12 is 48 years old or 52. He couldn't play forever. Bill Belichick is a horrible, uh, I'm just going to say it. He's a horrible GM and player acquisition guy because he thinks his, this is my interpretation. He thinks his system is so great that you can plug anybody in there and my genius will help us win games. Um, He's got caught up in his own ego. He's still a fantastic coach. He's still a brilliant mind, but he, you know what they have? Absolute power rules. Absolutely. Or however that phrase goes, that's what he's done. He don't listen to nobody. That's why you could have a situation where Matt Patricia, a defense coordinator, and Joe Judge, a special teams coordinator, share the offensive coordinator responsibilities last year. That's how you can have a situation like that. The emperor wears no clothes. Nobody can tell him anything because he's Bill Belichick. And so this is his team. He done made all the choices. He don't want to pay nobody because, hey, we just need guys who want to do what we want to do to fit into the system. And that's why this is, as my boy says, the worst team he's had since he coached in Cleveland. He got nobody to blame but himself. And uh, I ain't mad at him. I'm just like, I mean, dog, can't nobody tell you nothing, so this is what you got. And they're not going to be any good anytime soon. And uh, they're going to take a lot of butt kickings this year. Uh, Dallas put it on them. And uh, here's what I like about your Dallas Cowboys today. Uh, They started aggressively. Clearly, and I like this about Mike uh, McCarthy. Um, he wanted to set a tone today. He wanted to, to send a message to whomever, whether it was the Patriots, whether it was his own team, to his fan base, whomever. He wanted to send a message that we're trying to take control of this thing. We're trying to be aggressive. We're trying to knock these boys out early. And so that's why in the league where 90% of the time they defer if you win the toss, he was like, we won the toss, give us the damn football. Even though the defense is their best unit, he was like, give me the ball. They drove right down the field, got a field goal, went up 3 nothing. But I like the aggressiveness, man. Um, I like the fact that uh, they tried a fake field goal. Uh, up 16-3, extra point, makes it 17-3. No, nah, they went for two, converted the fake field goal, and uh, took an 18-3 lead. Because those kind of things can be demoralizing to a team. Um, you know, because it's like you clowning with me, like you playing on my top, like you trying to take advantage of me, like you trying to make me feel stupid or look bad. Yep. And um, all of that, has, I think, has a psychological effect on you. I like the fact that he was aggressive late in the first half. I mean, they got the ball. I'm trying to look it up right quick. They got the ball with uh, 16 seconds left. 16 seconds left at their own 29. You're up uh, at that point, uh, 28 to 3. You're supposed to take a knee and go into the half. Nah, dog, they come out firing, and uh, they, got out, they got the ball all the way to the uh, New England 48, and they were lined up for a 66-yard field goal um, before, you know, procedure penalty knocked them out. But all of that is aggressive. Like, we are, we are going for it today. And so I've, I think he set the tone early with that aggressiveness. And uh, it was a big win for the Cowboys. Uh, they're 3-1 and one now, still a game behind Philadelphia in the NFC East um, because the, the uh, Eagles needed overtime to beat Washington 34-31 today. But uh, I, like, uh, I like the attitude. I like the vibe heading into San Francisco. And now, man, it's just a matter of um, whether they can put a complete game together and uh, go to San Francisco and send a message to the rest of the league that, hey, we are here to be counted. Um, Offensively, uh, it wasn't, to me, a great game, but they did enough good things uh, between Dak throwing for 260 yards and a touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, They ran the ball for 124 yards. Uh, Again, they continue to find ways to run it. Turpin had a run. Uh, Lamb had a run. Uh, They ran the ball with Deuce Vaughn, let him take that butt kicking at the end of the game. Yeah, he did. They're going to kill Deuce. Hey man, but a deuced and pollock. It's a dirty game out there. So, you know, you you got man, you gotta I mean, get the little guy got pounded, man. Yep, but uh hey, welcome to the NFL. At some point he maybe he'll be too valuable to get that butt kicking. 
Uh, you know, so it was it was a solid game by the offense. They uh, struggled again in the red zone. We'll talk about that later in more detail. But uh, it was a clean game from the Cowboys, man. Uh, and I think that's what you got to like. Eight out of 15 on third down, which is as impressive as it gets. They ended up with 377 yards. That was pretty good. Um, you know, they, they won the time of possession, kept the ball for 35 minutes. They ran, what was it? They ran an inordinate amount of plays, too. They ran uh, 69 plays. So, you know, they controlled the game, man. And then they played complimentary football at the end. Uh, got Dak out the game. Got Zach Martin out the game. All of that's a positive. So it was a good all-around victory for your Dallas Cowboys. Um, now we can start looking ahead to San Francisco. I don't think anybody's pissy. If I had told you before the season that they were 3-1 and one at the break, most people would be happy. Now that we saw how it unfolded, we're like, well, damn, but they should have been 4-0 because it should have beat the Cardinals. And we know that because why? The Cardinals are who we thought they are, and they got their butts kicked by San Francisco today. Uh, I think it was 35-16. And uh, that's what Dallas would have done, should have done with them if they hadn't been playing around. Uh, that being said, um, the thing about this game that uh, I think you have to like is what? That Dallas Cowboys defense showed up today. Now, understand, San Francisco offense, trash. I'm just going to say that. What? It's trash. San Francisco offense, trash? Oh, I'm sorry. Not San Francisco. I'm already thinking ahead. Yeah, New England uh, offense, okay, I was trash. Say yeah. uh, and the Cowboys defense um, did what they were supposed to do. So, you know, after they gave up 222 yards rushing to the Cardinals, and they gave up 182 of that in the first half. Well, we know that with New England's trash offense, they had to test the running game. Let me see what your run defense is like. Let me see if we can get Ramondre Stevenson and Zeke Elliott, who should be inspired. Let me see if we can get them cranked up. Let me see if we can get them going. Let me see if they can control the clock, help us pound that defense, keep, keep your offense off the field, and we'll win a game in the fourth quarter. That had to be the plan. Well, Stevenson. 14 for 30 with a long of eight. My boy Zeke, he is my boy. He's a Buckeye, my Buckeye brother. Six for 16 with a long of nine, and that nine came on his first carry. So his last five carries gained seven yards. 23 carries, 53 yards. 2.3 per carry, long of nine. That's how you play excellent run defense. The run fits were good. The gap alignment was good. The gap control was good. All that technical stuff that we usually don't talk about, all that stuff was at a much higher level this week. And that's why when running backs tried to cut back, there was nothing there. Uh, Odigizua and uh, Gallimore, they really controlled the front. Uh, they made a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. Run defense, outstanding today. And then let's just talk about this, dog. Now, it's not all his fault, okay? It's not all of Mac Jones' fault. For this reason, what do we talk about Dak Prescott all the time needing? You got to put some weapons around him if you want him to succeed. You go ahead. I'm going to give y'all a second now. Quickly scan, Google, do whatever you got to do. That's that, that uh, New England Patriots roster. And you tell me. Now, just take a second to do this now. Tell me all the playmakers they got on offense. I'm going to wait for you for three seconds. So go ahead, and I'm going to count to three in my head, and when I come back, I want you all to tell me all the playmakers that the New England Patriots got on offense, okay? All right, now, don't all speak at once. Are you waiting on me? Are you waiting on everybody else? I'm waiting on everybody else. Then, oh, I, then okay. I'm going to give you a chance. Okay. Okay, I'm listening. Woohoo! Anybody there? I'm listening. That's what I thought. Nobody. Uh, Big Joe in the big rig. Do you see some players on New England? Yep. Offense? Three. Who is that? Juju Smith-Schuster. Still he can't a, play no he's more, He's still dog. a good receiver. No, he's, no, he's not. Yeah, he he's is. Not. Hold no, on. Not. Hold on. The tight, end, not a good the, the tight end they got from the Dolphins, Gasecki, he pretty good, too. Henry is good, too. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in disagreement with he don't have no weapons. Uh, he don't um, have no weapons on the two interceptions that uh, on the two and the possible three that Bland could have had. 
That wasn't no weapons problem. That was the quarterback problem. He should have ran with the ball. He should have pulled it down. When you pull it down, you're not supposed to put it back up. When you pull it down, you're supposed to take off. That fool threw all the way across his field. It don't matter what kind of weapons he got. He's making decisions like that. You know, uh, that's both, some dumbassness right there. Yes, both things can be true. Juju Schuster-Smith has not had a 1,000-yard season since 2018. Okay. He's not uh, – I mean, he's just a guy. Uh, I mean, if you throw it to him, he can catch it. But he's just a guy. He ain't special. Uh, he's nobody waking. Ain't no defense coordinator standing up late at night talking about, oh, we got Juju Schuster Smith coming up. My, however, Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. How can how can we uh, how can we handle him? And uh, I can't even remember how you spell Gasecki's name. Yeah, Gusecki. He can ball. Well, I he remember that the Dolphins. I mean, he can ball with Penn State, but the Dolphins got rid of him. Um. You know, he again, he's kind of just a guy. Uh, is he a decent player? Yes. Um, Henry. But but he's just a guy. He's he's not special. You and asked. Then, uh, I told you. You said you asked. I asked if it has. Okay, maybe I should have phrased it like this. Is there anybody on that roster that defensive coordinators lay awake at night and go, huh, I wonder how we're going to stop that guy? I would say the answer is no. I mean, uh, but to my larger point, uh, because it's okay for us to disagree about whether Roger, these, these collection of guys are really good, uh, is that Mac Jones is is a bad quarterback right now. Yep. I don't know if it's because he's feeling pressure uh, from Belichick. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know. But the, the mistakes he made today, like they teach you. Oh, okay, check this out. Check this out. Number one, they teach you this as soon as you start playing quarterback and you can actually throw the ball. So maybe that's 11 or 12, 10 or 11, where you can actually run a pass route and throw the ball to somebody. First thing the quarterback's coach tell you, or the coach tell you once you start playing is you can't throw late across the middle, okay? Because there'll be somebody there that you don't see who'll intercept that thing. Check this out. I spent last week in Colorado uh, watching, watching the Buffaloes practice. Dion's team. They had a drill. Now, it's not even a drill. They were going seven on seven or a team practice. It may have been team, so it may have been 11 on 11. Backup quarterback is taking his reps. He rolls right, and you know how, you know how to, in practice, after a few seconds, there's nobody open, and so the plays just kind of whistle dead. Well, a few seconds elapsed. They, they whistled the play dead. And he threw it late across the middle after the play was kind of dead. And the offensive coordinator came off the sideline and said, hey, don't do that. Don't even have that kind of bad habit in practice. Don't even get started like that. I don't even want to see that. And that was in practice after the play had been blown dead because throwing late across the middle is one of the worst things you can do. Throwing late to the opposite sideline. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of thing that get you benched in the game, dog. Oh, I guess that's what happened. Well, my point is, even, even if he got just the guy out there, if we disagree on just the guy, it don't help if your quarterback is terrible. It don't help if he ain't playing worth a damn. It don't help if he's doing stupid stuff. That's, what, that's my point is that it, they garbage. He's just I straight know. garbage. Now, what, now did, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Did Mac Jones used to be good at one point? Or did, he, did we think he had some promise after that rookie year with 22 TDs and 13 yeah. interceptions? Yeah, in the rookie year where they put him in instead of Cam Newton, yeah. He had some promise. And he's been downhill ever since. They've been trying to – they've been messing around with him, playing other people, Bailey Zappi and whoever else want to step in there. Yeah, because uh, his passer rating last year was 84.8. It's uh, 87.7. It'll be lower than that when they put all the numbers in tomorrow. But he was, uh, you know, he, he just wasn't very good today. Didn't, uh, I mean, he was just, I mean, the mistakes that he made were just like, dude, what are you doing, man? Um, you know, because the Cowboys offense, it's not like they dominated the game early. Um, you know, they were up and then uh, he got sacked 
and fumbled, and they returned that for a touchdown. Your favorite linebacker, Leighton Vanderesh, scooped oh, and no, scored no. after after Dante. What are you talking about? I mean, we're gonna get to Leighton in a little while. All right. I mean, you don't have to you don't have to say it like that. Okay, if y'all didn't know, Big Joint the Big Rig is not a big Leighton Vanderesh fan. I'm just putting that out there for y'all. Don't tell nobody, but he's just not a big fan of Leighton Vanderesh's game. I think they set him up for failure, but we'll talk about that later. Go ahead. Um you know, so so the Cowboys they they only hit Mac Jones a couple times. Uh, Michael Parsons was in his grill all day and pressured him, but couldn't could never really quite get there. But uh, 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 but you know um, they finally did get him. Uh, you know Dante Fowler tracked him down from behind, forced him to fumble. Um, Cowboys then uh, that put them up uh, uh, eighteen to three after the two point conversion, and so that. At that point, the game was just about done because you could tell, you know, the Cowboys, what do they want to do, man? They want to play a game where they um, score early, force you to pass against their pass rush in their secondary, which is their best feature, and put you away. They want to run the ball late. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they want they want to play that complimentary style, and that's all good. But it starts with defense, and when they shut the running game down, they grab the lead and they forced Mac Jones to throw. It's the pressure that put him in that made him make those mistakes. Uh, they were dumb mistakes, but I've said it a million times, uh, and I'm not breaking no news with y'all. Quarterbacks under duress make mistakes. They just do, and the more you can hit them, the more you can pressure them, the more you harass them. Eventually. They're going to make a mistake, and when they do, it's a matter of whether or not uh, you can take advantage of it and, and complete the play. Uh, one of the things we worried about with with uh, Trayvon Diggs going getting hurt is, you know, how's the secondary going to hold up? He's one of the best corners in the league. You pair him with Gilmore, and you have one of the best tandems in the league. You put Brant Deron Bland at the nickel. You have again one of the best three cornerback situations in the league well when you move him outside the, the obvious question is can he handle it because and, and I'm, I'm breaking this down for y'all who don't know there is really a lot of difference between playing the slot and playing outside it's not just oh, they're both cornerbacks what's the big deal no you could be a really good outside corner and be trash in the slot you could be a great slot corner and be trash on the outside or you could be really special and be good at both of them um, so, you know, it was going to be curious to see how Bland handled uh, the outside corner. Well, we've talked about this before in terms of turnovers. Some cats, like, check this out, man. And this is my favorite example. Once again, you know who I'm going to talk about. Byron Jones. Byron Jones played five years in Dallas. He was a really, really good cornerback. That's why he got an $80 million deal when he left. But he was not a guy who intercepted passes. He knocked them down, and his guys didn't catch a lot of passes. But he was not a guy who intercepted passes. Trayvon Diggs, okay? You may get him on some double moves. We've seen it. You may make some plays on him. But if you mess around with him too much, he's going to pick one off, and he might just take it back. And so you just have to say, when you mess with Trayvon, we gotta be, you just got to be careful. Okay, he's out with a torn, torn uh, with a knee injury. Should be back next year, uh, back to normal, or as much as normal you can be after a year with an ACL. Deron Bland had five or six interceptions last year. Five. Five, thank you. He's already got three this year. Had two today. Has two return for touchdowns. He's around the ball. And so you can complete some passes on him because he hasn't reached the shutdown level yet. But I'm telling y'all, if you mess with him too much, you're going to get hurt because he's a guy who intercepts the ball. Think about this, man. He was a rookie last year, fifth-round pick. He's played 17 plus four games. He played 21 games. He already got eight interceptions. Byron Jones played five seasons. Let's round it up. Let's say he played 80 games. He intercepted two passes, and one of those was a Hail Mary at the end of the first half against Tampa Bay. It's just what I'm just telling y'all is some guys have a knack for getting the ball. Deron Bland is that guy, and uh, he made a couple big plays today, man, uh, intercepting passes from Mac Jones. 
And the the second one he took, he took that one to the house, and that pretty much just ended the game right there. Uh, but your Cowboys defense uh, reasserted themselves. Uh, I think last week we talked about a bunch of losing numbers they had. Well, this week, what they had, they had a bunch of winning numbers. They were four. They forced the Patriots into four for thirteen on a third down. The Patriots only had ten first downs. That's a dominant effort. Uh, Patriots two hundred fifty-three yards of total offense, fifty-three yards rushing, a two-point-three average. I mean, they were all over them, man. Um, they intercepted the. Uh, Two passes, and, you know, the fumble was really a pass rush, so that was a passing play. They played a clean game. The Cowboys did only five penalties. Um, so Dallas, I mean, they did everything they wanted to do defensively. Uh, what were your thoughts on their uh, defensive performance? I thought it was pretty good, but it's the third win that we have where we playing an inept offense. Some guys that look totally discombobulated. Um, I thought that uh, the Patriots – it's not so much that we shut them down. It's just they didn't have a plan. You can't come into this game thinking that uh, Mac Jones is going is gonna to beat us. You couldn't have thought that. I thought they was going to stick with the run like the Cardinals stuck with the run. I thought it would be a better game, but it had to be one of the worst game plans that I ever seen that made the Jets offense look good, and that, 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 that shit was terrible. So – you know, I, I know we talked about run fits and stuff like that, but when people don't have a plan, it's easy to it's easy to look good. Now, I love the Cowboy. I love the fact that we kicked the ass, but I, it's another inept offense. It's another incomplete team, and we gotta we gotta bank them wins, as me and you used to say. Uh, uh, that that counts. We can't give them back. Let's kick people ass, but we gotta we gotta play somebody good. And that's usually our problem. We twelve, we twelve and five, couple of years, and when we get the good people, that's the real test. Yeah, it is. But I mean, you can only play on your schedule, and uh, you know they, they. Part of it is Dallas made them look like that because they were up eighteen to three. You know, four minutes into the second quarter, and most teams at that point are like, "Okay, screw the run. We got to throw the ball because, or we're not gonna get back in it." Uh, it's a psychological thing, too, because you feel like you're running out of time. You're getting blown out. And so uh, and so I get it. Uh, you know, the, the Cowboys' quick start and their aggressive start to me, and then turn those turnovers into points, is what, uh, you know, made New England lose, you know, lose their patience, abandon whatever game plan they had, and ask Mac Jones to um, help, them, uh, help them win a game. Well, you know, like I said, we've seen Mac Jones, and he wasn't going to help them win no game. Uh, now, as we turn to the Cowboys' offense, I think we can look at that, and we can say, hey, Dak Prescott, it's good to see you again, buddy. 261 yards, no interceptable passes. Uh, at least I didn't see any. Uh, spread the ball around. Jake Ferguson had a nice game. Michael Gallup, second week in a row, has been pretty good. Uh, City Lamb a little quiet today, but uh, I think once they got the lead so early, it was, hey, we don't need to do anything risky. Let's control the clock. Let's control the game. Uh, let's not do anything sexy. Get out of here with a win. It was good to see them go for 124 yards rushing, although Cavante uh, Turpin had a 46-yard you know, jet sweep. Uh, City Lamb gained 12 on another run. So they didn't really control the line of scrimmage that much to me on a run, but they did enough to uh, so that, you know, the Patriots had to respect it and that uh, that gave Dak time to throw the ball. Uh, you know, I think when you look at the Cowboys' offense, it's the same thing. Uh, the offensive line had everybody but Tyron Smith at left tackle today. Uh, but it still doesn't look crisp to me. Uh, it looked better, but they still got these issues in the red zone. Um, I think they were one for four in the red zone today. And until they really get that thing figured out, man, it's going to be a problem. I think uh, uh, I think the training camp that, uh, you know, sometimes when you're a veteran like Zach Martin, sometimes you don't need training camp. You really don't. Uh, I remember when Mike Strahan held out the training camp, played his ass off, they won the Super Bowl. That's what I kept thinking about when Zach – missed it but maybe that affected more because strong side is the right side when you got that road grader that's a hall of famer he ain't playing at a he playing at a high level but he's injured 
and his his lower body is injured. That 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 counts against his drive blocking and our run game all together. When you need it, we go right. We go behind seventy, which is one of my favorite players. And uh, I think that's the problem right now in the red zone. I think that's the problem in the running game. He just he just not a hundred percent. And if we if he might not be that the whole year. Yeah, I mean, I can see that because the uh, the game doesn't slow down and wait for anybody. Uh, and so once you get hurt, a lot of times you carry that thing <laughs> in, in a, just a nagging sense yep. uh, most of the game uh, or most of the season. Um, I was, uh, you know, this was an interesting game because, again, they had the lead, and so there was no need to press the issue, uh, you know, once they came out in the third quarter and just made sure that there was not going to be a comeback. And so Tony Pollard only ended up with 11 carries for 47 yards, but he looked pretty good running the ball today. Looked strong, looked even more explosive to me than he had been. He looked, he looked tough. He looked yeah, tough. Maybe, tough, that, maybe tough that's what it is. Yeah, he looked tough, man. You know, he when he was the backup or he was sharing the load, he was breaking a lot of runs. You come in the game kind of fresh, but, you know, I like to see him. I like to see the toughness in him because we're going to need that. We're going to need that. And then uh, when, you, when you talk about Dak, he seemed to be uh, in control of the offense today. Yeah, he got sacked three times. He got hammered yeah. a couple other times. <laughs> yeah. uh, I but hate I was, seeing uh, that. I hate seeing him take shots oh, like that. Dude, who was that who just picked him up and slung him down? I think it was Judon. It may have been Judon. I mean, yeah. um, Daniel Wise broke through, or Dietrich, Dietrich Wise, Wise yeah. came through on a stunt. Oh, it was Dietrich. Dietrich hit him. Uh, Judon hit him. And yeah. some, maybe it was Judon. Dietrich, he got away from Dietrich, and then Judon came in and literally yeah. picked him up and slammed him to the yeah. turf. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. Because that's the exact kind of tackle that uh, that you get hurt on. Yep. Uh, you know, because, I mean, dude just literally picks you up and slams you to the turf. Yep. Uh, Rib, so, ribs uh, and shoulders. Ribs and nah. shoulders. Concussions. Uh, yeah. Now, he took a beating in this game. Yeah, he did. Uh, Even though he didn't get hit all that much. But when he did get hit, he got hit. Um, It seemed to me that he stood in the pocket, though, and delivered the ball. And uh, I thought he had a really good game. I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, 24 out of 38, 261, a touchdown, 108.5 passer rating. I mean, you know, it don't really get no better than that. Now, this much we know. I think the the offense got the – they got the deliberate game down. You know, when they're ahead, they need to be deliberate. They got that part down. Um, the last game against the Cardinals, when they got to speed it up and we need Dak to be Dak, uh, that's where they kind of – I want to see them do something. I don't want to see them get behind, but when they got to be urgent, that's that's the next te- that's that is the next test for our offense. Yeah, I think it's uh I think it's a it's an evolving thing, and I think it'll come. Um, I think they're still trying to figure it out. And some of that is, uh, I can't remember if you raised this point or somebody else raised it uh, that I was talking to, just that you can't, You got to remember these cats don't play in the preseason no more. So you can practice as much as you want to. Games are different. They got a different vibe to them. They got a different speed to them. And it takes, you know, there's a reason why they used to have preseason games to get starters ready. Well, it takes you a minute to get into the season and run these plays at full speed and, for, and really see how they work and how they fit against, uh, you know, defenses and players who aren't doing, you know, exactly what you want them to nah, do. That, that was somebody else you was talking to because I think preseason is garbage and unnecessary, but that's just me. Okay. Well, I, I don't know who I was talking to. But uh, I just think that at some point it, it does take you a minute to adjust when, when you're playing. And this is a scheme that they haven't run before. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think they're still trying to find their way through it. Um, Jake Ferguson was pretty good today. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was, man. Yeah, I like him. I like Jake. No, he, he's pretty good. He he's always seems to make the first guy miss. He had that hurdle. Um, he had that hurdle last year. We <laughs> hurdled the guy. I'm like, who is that? What? Travis Kelsey? Nah, that's Jake Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, he looked good, man. He looked like he uh, could do some things in the future. Schoonover dropped the pass in the end zone. Tough catch, but the kind of catch you got to make if you're going to be a, a, a big-time tight end in the NFL. That would have been a touchdown on their first series. And so, you know, some of it is, I think on the second series, uh, second time they were down there, Dak missed the CD on fade. I think he threw it just a little bit late. 
And uh, the, again, those are things they got to clean up as they uh, as they progress during the season. And really, they need to clean it up next week when they go into San Francisco and see if they can get that thing done. Because uh, if you look at the matchup with the 49ers last two years, Cowboys defense has held their own with San Francisco's offense, and that's hard to do. But they haven't. San Francisco's offense has not controlled the game in terms of putting up a bunch of points and uh, you know making Dallas suffer that way. Uh, the thing that's happened is San Francisco's defense has just destroyed the Cowboys' offense. Uh, Cowboys' offense hadn't really been able to do anything with them. So as you move into next week, uh, I still don't see enough to make me feel good about them going up against San Francisco's offense. Uh, and part of it is this driving the ball is cool. Controlling the clock is cool. But you score in the NFL with big plays. Um, when you have big plays, you can move down the field a lot easier. You score touchdowns. And here's why. It's hard to drive 10, 12 plays because you're going to have a minus play. You're going to have a penalty. You're going to have something that shorts, that gets you behind the sticks, makes it not manageable on second and third down. Now you're in the passing situation. It's just harder to do. So you need those big plays so you can have some easy drives. They only had four plays of 20 yards or more uh, today. Uh, when the Cowboys offense was really moving, they have six or seven in a game. And so that's it. That's the total that they kind of need to get to. And until they get there, man, they're going to have a hard time scoring. Plus, when you have those explosive plays, you don't have to be in the red zone so much because you score it from 30 yards out. You score from 25. You score from 50. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as this offense evolves um, how they go about uh, making it a little bit easier for them to score points. And one way, obviously, is with big plays because the red zone offense is great that they lead the league in uh, red zone trips. But again, today, just not good enough. Uh, what is that? I mean, they got three field, two field goals. I think they scored a touchdown. Yeah, one for three. Not good enough in the red zone. And we're nitpicking a 38-3 win. Why? Because the Cowboys have told us that this is the year that they think they got a chance to contend for a Super Bowl with Philly and San Francisco. And maybe we need to throw Detroit in there, but that's a conversation for later on this week. Yeah. Uh, but to do that, you got to get your red zone f- offense fixed because we all know kicking field goals is not going to get it done. Yeah. I think I think defensively, defensively they gotta they gotta keep they gotta keep doing what they did today for uh, for for Vanderash. Am I jumping ahead? Am I jumping ahead here? I think they got. I think they got to keep him free. You know, the 49ers, They offense. You you write about the Cowboys been handling offense, but what they did today was they tweaked the defense to keep number fifty five free. And that's what I mean when they usually set him up for failure. When he get run straight ahead, when they run straight ahead, he can't he can't shed no blocks. He he more for he more for speed. He's more of a sideline to sideline guy. And today they kind of slanted the line a little bit to keep him free. Because he, he led the team in tackles with seven. Right, right. And it must more than that, he'll probably get hurt again. Because when he gets the high-volume tackles, that neck and shoulder, get the neck and shoulder that he came in the league with get to bothering him. So, I can see that. Yeah, I'd like, to see him, I'd like to see him do that again. You know, Dan is a master at what he does, but putting your boy Vendorish in the middle on run on rundowns is, is kind of setting him up for failure because he's not a plugger. You know, he's not a guy who's going to step in the hole, take the guard on, He's more of a guy that's going to go sideline to sideline. And he made the tackles he was supposed to make today. But that's because they kept him free. They kept the right. blockers off of him with them big guys in front. I feel you on that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think uh, I think all of that will be a, a, a discussion we had this week because, um, you know, it's San Francisco week. It's, it's only week five, so whether they win it, whether they lose it, doesn't mean that they clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs or nothing, uh, or that the season's over because they lost. Uh, what it does is it provides us a clue, a big clue, into what you can expect and where the season is headed yep. because this is a good test. San Francisco's undefeated. San Francisco's playing some really good football. San Francisco's at the crib. And so if you can go into San Francisco – play that physical style that's required and then beat them, well, then that says something 
uh, about you and, and gives me some some feeling about uh, this team headed, you know, what Brock, direction. The, Brock, Purdy, Brock Purdy ain't lost the – he haven't lost a regular season game yet. No, and I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's good at uh, disseminating the ball and not making mistakes. Well, it's your, it's your point. He got, he got players around him. Right. Yep. So he don't have to do too much. He yep. can just, exactly just get point. the ball yep. to the people who, who need to make plays and get out the way. I can name about five guys over there on that offense. Uh, no, you ain't, no problem. Yeah. you ain't no problem finding playmakers on San Francisco offense. Roger that. Yeah. There won't be no disagreement about it and be like, yeah, that dude bad. Yeah, that dude 12 letter cuss word. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that dude right there can make that thing happen. Yeah. They got plenty of them. So, um, and that's why Brock Purdy is a good quarterback for them because uh, he doesn't have to do too much. And with his skill set, he ain't inclined to do too much. He's inclined to do just what he's asked to do, and that's plenty. Yep. Get the ball to the playmakers and uh, get out of the way. Um, now, before we move on to my favorite Buckeye, I got to tell y'all a little something. Sometime in the next two weeks, I'm going to show up in Crowley with a jam session bowl. I ain't going to tell y'all when, or I guess I'm talking to Big Joe right here. I ain't going to tell you when. I just be like, yo, I'm on the way. Because uh, I haven't worked it all out. But he's been fiending for one. He ain't really said it publicly, but he's been fiending for one. And I'm just going to say, it's with good reason. Because when they put that bowl in there and you make your choice, now, what would you prefer? Would you prefer a mac and cheese base or you want the mashed, mashed potato base? As long as you put brisket in there, you can base yeah. whatever you want to base it with. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, no, Joe, we'll go with the mashed potato base. Uh, put that brisket in there, probably with some sausage. And then I'm telling you, once you pick two of the five smoked meats, because, you know, they got chicken and they got uh, uh, turkey. Um, but I like the brisket and the sausage most of the time. Yep. All that stuff you find on loaded baked potatoes next. All that stuff, chives, bacon bits, cheese, uh, sour cream, butter. It's delicious. And then they ask you, you want us to drizzle it or drench it with that sauce? I go for the drizzle. Other folks go for the drench. Either way, it's perfection. It, uh, it's delicious. It's, uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's really all I can say about the jam session bowl. And it's on the secret menu. So if you go in there, you ain't going to see it on the menu. You have to ask for it. So those who know, know. And those who don't, wish that they did. All right? And so uh, go in there, ask for the jam session bowl. Tell your boy JJT told you to ask for it. Now hook you up. Now here's the other thing about Smokey John's. They got the sauce and the rub that you can buy. So you can go to their website, smokerjohns.com, click on the marketplace, hit the sauce. You can see it right there because the picture comes up. Click on it, and you can order the sauce or the rub, and you can have it at your house in a couple of days. I mean, think about that. Smokey Johns at the crib. So you don't even got to go to Mockingbird. You can have it at your crib. Or if you got an H-E-B near you, they're in H-E-B now. You can go to H-E-B and buy it right quick. I mean, there's no good reason for you not to have Smokey Johns on your tongue at some point every week. That's all I'm saying. Uh, so check them out. Tell me your boy sent you and enjoy that jam session bowl. Now, man, I wonder if Zeke got a jam session bowl while he was in town. Because they opened on Saturday. They only closed on Sunday, Monday. Uh, so, Zeke, I thought there was a chance he could have a big day. I thought there was a chance because the Cowboys run defense has been shady. And New England needed to run the ball. And he had a good game last week. But it was not to be, man. The Cowboys got ahead early. Although, I got to tell you, he looked great on that first run. Ran it hard. I think it was a counter run, counter play. Cut it back. Ran it hard. Got nine yards. I was like, ugh. And then the rest <laughs> of the day, man, they just hit that fool before he gets started. It looked like he's playing for the Cowboys last year. Uh, Zeke Elliott. They gave him a really nice uh, video. Uh, honored him with a really nice video before the game. Uh, but he fin he finishes up with six carries, 16 yards, a long of nine on his first carry, and really no impact. He caught two passes for six yards with a long of four. Um, it was it, it just never got to it never got to the point where it's going to be his kind of game, uh, you know, because the Cowboys got up so early they couldn't really commit to the run, and uh, there was just not a lot of room for him to be there. So uh, you know, much like Emmett came back and didn't do much. 
when he was wearing the Cardinals uniform. Uh, Tony D wearing the Denver uniform never got to play the Cowboys. And so, uh, once again, the Cowboys hold the edge when facing one of their legendary backs coming back. And I don't use the word legendary lightly. Herschel came <laughs> back? Yeah, Herschel is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Herschel, I'm not going to lump Herschel. You know, Zeke is the third all-time leading rusher in the Cowboys. More than 8,000 yards. Man, he got a, I don't think I don't think he's going to get to 10. Herschel, Herschel should be in the ring of honor for all them damn draft picks we got from Minnesota. Okay, he, for he, a minute I thought you was going to say for his performance. I'd be like, dog, stop it. Yeah, he was pretty good, but yeah, we, we built a whole team off of him. Right. So, I mean, if you want to put him in for his contribution for being traded, I wouldn't really argue with that. But Roger as a player, Herschel has some really good seasons um, with the Cowboys. Zeke. You're right. He ain't but Zeke. It, but he ain't Zeke. Nope. And uh, so the Cowboys did a good job bottling him up. Uh, I know it was emotional for him. Uh, I'd be interested to, to hear his comments uh, when I read them tomorrow. I know that uh, after the game, that dude hugged everybody. And when I say everybody, he hugged my man Kendall, who's a member of the strength and conditioning team. He liked the third guy. He was hugging everybody. Uh, and everybody got a big smile. I think it you was know. emotional for everybody in the Metroplex, man. You know, as much criticism as he took, I think a lot of people liked him. I liked him. I missed him. I hated to see him go. Just like all my favorite Cowboys, you hate to see him leave. There's Brian, Tony Dorsett, DeMarcus Ware, people like that. You know, you hate to see him leave, man. No, I get it because, uh, you know, they give you – you have an emotional investment with the team, and so you have a deeper emotional investment with the best players. And when they hang out for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years – and you see them come in as rookies, and you see them either leave through retirement or leave, you know, the way, you know, um, uh, Dez has left and Zeke left, you can, uh, you can appreciate their contribution to the team and what they did for you and how they made you feel on various Sundays. And um, it's, uh, so I get that. I get that. And that's, what, you know, that's why they honored him with a video before the game because oh, he, yeah. he meant a lot to this organization. Yeah. And he was a really good player. Um, and, you know, it's it's just the nature of the beast, man. Uh, it's very rare, very rare as a professional athlete that you get to pick uh, how you leave a particular team or how you leave the sport. The, the, emotional, the emotional part is interesting to me when you say that because when you're younger, you want to be like those guys. You know, you want to grow up to be Tony Dorsett or Harvey Martin or somebody like that. When you get older, you know – Say you in your twenties, then those guys become your contemporary. Hey, yeah, them guys are cool. And then when you get older, like us, they become like your kids almost. You want to see them grow. You want to see them prosper. You want to see them, st- you know, do stuff. So yeah, it's kind of like he one of my sons or something. I think a lot of people feel like that. Well, you know, I had additional attachment because uh, you know I watched him at Ohio State strictly as a fan. And then he comes to Dallas, and, uh, you know, then you can't look at him as a fan, per se, because I got a job to do. But you build a relationship with him based off of, uh, see, look at that. That's what I'm talking about right there. Dun, 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 dun. See, you got me off track again. I got to give you the music, man. You know, I got to. <laughs> but you, I'm trying to make up, man, for showing up at the house with the Michigan hat on, you know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I ain't, hey, I ain't no bro. Uh, no, so you, uh, when my point is, so you build that bond over Ohio State, and that allows you to ask questions about the team and his performance because uh, he knows you don't have an agenda against him. And so uh, I always wish Zeke a lot of success, man. And I like the way he played, uh, the physical stature, the physicalness of he played. Yep. And them, and them first three years, dog, really the first four. I thought he was Hall of Fame bound. Yeah. I just really did. And then, uh, you know, he got hit with some nagging injuries. and uh, The offensive you know, just, line deteriorated. Offensive too. line wasn't as good. Yep. And, you know, you got to have health, a great line, and a great scheme to be that dude for an extended period of time. But them first three years, go back and look at them highlights. He, it, it was no question. He was the best back in the league, hands down. And so. Uh, what a legendary yeah. career at Ohio State. Would it, would it tell a story about him playing on special teams as a freshman? Well, you know, at Ohio State, 
the competition to get on the field is so 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 hard um, that you know everybody has to play special teams, and if you can make a name, the quicker you make a name for yourself on special teams, the quicker you can get on the field and at the position that you that you play. And so uh, you can go find a clip on YouTube. He went down on kickoff coverage and just destroyed kickoff. Uh, destroyed somebody uh, from Purdue who was re- returning the kick. Yeah, just destroyed him. Yeah, and uh, that kind of kick started him, uh, you know, giving him an opportunity to play uh, and run the ball. And the, then, the game you know, against Alabama. Uh, yeah, man, you ain't got to tell me, dog. Oh no, I'm just, I'm just saying. Everybody I watched don't that know thing. That. Yeah. Probably, I probably watched yeah. that thing literally probably twenty times. Oh yeah, because Alabama's defense was so good. First round picks. Never, yeah. You just never figured that you would have a guy put up 200 yards on Alabama's defense. Yeah. You heard the guy went fact, down the sideline. Out of here. Doug, they, they, in, in Columbus, they call that 85 yards through the heart of the South. Yeah. <laughs> they got a T-shirt with the play diagram, yeah. don't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, no, that's that's Zeke, man. Uh, uh, I, wish his, I wish he hadn't had those nagging injuries. But you know, it's uh, life in the NFL, man. It's just hard. Yeah, and so, a complete uh, a complete player, dominant in his prime, one of the best Dallas Cowboys. I hope he make it to the Ring of Honor one day, maybe. But see, uh, I don't think I don't think he will. He probably won't. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson ain't even there. <laughs> so uh, Jerry put in who he want to put in. That's a nah. whole another deal, right there. Nah, I like that Jerry put in, but it's true. Yeah, uh, it's true. So, nah, that uh, Zeke uh, homecoming is over. Didn't end well for him. He didn't have a great personal day. He didn't have a great. His team had an awful day. Uh, but he got to see a bunch of loved ones and come on home. And uh, you know, sometimes man, it bees like that. And that's how it was. And so, uh, we appreciate you hanging with us. Uh, oh, I guess you know we appreciate being up late with y'all. Uh, bringing you another episode of Jock Talk Sponsored as always By my friends at Greening Law Call them, I'm telling you If you've been involved in an accident And it's not your fault uh, For Big Joe and the Big Rig, I'm Jean-Jacques Taylor Until we talk again, y'all be blessed